Hi everyone, I'm Namsa. And I'm Portia. Welcome to Assume It Will Be Brilliant, Shondaland Stand Podcast. Hi Portia. Hey Namsa. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I cannot believe that this is the last episode of our first season yeah it's been quite the journey I'm so proud it of it really us. has yeah me too I'm really proud of us we've gotten through a lot mm-hmm. and we're at the end of this first part of the journey which is really quite exciting and we've just seen the sort of end of a little bit of grace before they come back again in December. When this airs, it would have been Thanksgiving weekend Mm -hmm. in the States. And so I was just kind of thinking about the pod, you know, and thinking about what I'm grateful for. And I remember we spoke about this about two weeks ago, you know, after I'd listened to an episode that we'd done and I sent you a message just like thanking you for being my my, my co-host. And yeah. It was like really emotional, you know, thinking back. I'm just really grateful for this opportunity to do this um, podcast with you and chat about and just to have fun and do something different. It's been like a real journey and I'm really, really grateful for you, Porsche, and all the work that you put in and that we put in. It's been It's been fantastic. Yeah, it really has. I have to say, I have been surprised when I look over the past few months. This has definitely been, as we said in our first episode, you read that Adam Grant article. You're like, I'm not about to languish in this life. I need to do something that brings me joy. And doing this every week, committing to doing it every week has brought a certain kind of balance to my weeks and a touch point where I know, oh, I'm just going to be with my bud having fun, talking about something that is really not that serious, but is also yeah. a jumping point for actually serious and important things we think about in our lives, as funny as we try and make it and all that sort of thing. And yeah, when people ask what I would say, well, my friend asked me to do it. So I'm doing this now. And I sort of do this thing where I want to shake off the ownership of it. But I just don't want to do that anymore. And I really don't think yeah. that I should because it really has been co-created by the two of us. And it's, it's a great gift to our friendship, I think. I agree. And I I mean, we've always spoken about doing something together and, Mm. you know, living in different countries, it's been a bit difficult to sort of figure out. And this has been something we could do living so far apart and really being together in it. So it's been fantastic. And I was actually thinking about that very first episode as well and speaking about languishing and doing something that is something that brings you joy and something that's creative. And this has been that for me as well. It's just been a really fantastic creative exercise and a commitment to doing something Mm. which I don't know that I ordinarily would have done yeah had we not just said okay fine we're doing it and then now we're doing it having an accountability partner is a real thing and you know that's actually also one of the lessons that has come through this for me I'm like wow there's so many things I would like to accomplish but I don't tend to want to put people out right or be like won't you do this thing with me but like you get so much further together than you do alone (laughs) exactly so and that's just a true thing so thank you for the reminder as well and also the importance of just starting Mm, is so important because like you say there's for me as well so many things I want to do that are creative Mm -hmm. and I just get I don't know I talk myself out of it and I just don't get going at all Mm -hmm. so just starting and now we're doing it and then you have like sort of keep going they talk about um the average podcast people start goes to about seven episodes episodes, yeah and then they stop and we're on episode 15 and we're you know already looking at what we're going to be doing for the second season and it's sometimes you just have to start sometimes you just have to go and Mm -hmm. fumble along the way and figure it out as you go along which is what we've done and i think pretty successfully i've had so much fun Yeah, I remember I read outside of a gym when I was doing an internship in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Well, I've really had a life, you know what I mean? Eight years ago, I remember outside of this gym and it was one of my first Instagram photos. I'm very bad at Instagram. That's why you're in charge of our social media. Um, (laughs) I think it's still there on my Instagram account, but it says you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. Yes. 
that's what I'm thinking about now. And it's, yeah, it's amazing. So this is the last episode of the first season of this podcast, everyone. Um, and as a treat, we're going to have a special guest with us as well later on. Yeah. So what has been maybe like one of your favorite episodes from the pod this past season? Okay, so I don't know if this is fair because the episode I, I most recently edited is episode 14, Lost One. Right. And our energy in that episode is completely bananas. <laughs> that is the episode i definitely had the most fun editing the other one i really enjoyed is still episode four because i just loved talking about how the the vehicle of story to talk about social justice issues or inequity mm. in society and just looking at it and because grace has been here for so long and it's given us just so many up yeah um, they've told they've just told so many different stories and as sort of thinking like okay when did, was it highly effective when wasn't it of course that's subjective it's still from our perspectives but i really enjoyed that discussion and oh it's hard I, I think I liked two episode two as well the changes that shape us was really vulnerable mm. for us to do and mm. I think it was just a very honest episode and I enjoyed both of us in it what about you I was actually going to also mention the changes that shape us because of the vulnerability mm. and because we went into that I, I mean I went into it scared yeah and I think it was like great to still do it feeling yeah. scared and doing it anyway and then I actually also loved the favorite storylines you know episode six we did and uh -huh. hopes for the new season that was a oh, funny yeah. one for me as well because our energy was a bit similar listening back to this last ones yeah, um, episode yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's where we spoke I spoke a lot about it was Owen Hunt <laughs> and I wow. loved it yes oh that was so good and that was also the one that was like okay we can't just only hate on Owen because yes. this toxicity abounds in a way <laughs> yeah it was uh, it was lots of fun very funny and I also loved the first episode just as a marker of a new chapter for us so yeah, I've just had a lot of fun. So thanks, Porsche. Thank you, Nomsa. Much appreciated. Okay, so um, so today what we'll do um, is we'll look at this past season of Grey's. Well, I guess we're still in the season, but we'll look at what's happened so far now that Grey's is in a bit of, in, on a bit of a break. We'll also be chatting about some of the wild finale episodes of Grey's Anatomy, seeing as today is a finale episode for the pod. And then, of course, we've got a special guest today. Hi. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> do you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself? I was going to introduce you, but you jumped right in there. <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, so this is Michelle. Michelle is my friend. Also another lawyer who has a kind of ambivalent feelings about being a lawyer, wouldn't you say? You're more on the academic side, though. Yes, yes. I'm, in, I'm on the, the fringes. On the fringes, but also does really cool work. It's in international sports law. You also do watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. You've been listening to the podcast. You like the discussions. I'm going to assume if you don't, don't let me know. Yes. I haven't missed an episode of Grey's and I haven't missed an episode of this podcast. So, yes. yay. <laughs> and you're our first, you're our first <laughs> guest ever. So that's really cool. I'm truly honored. Brilliant. Yay. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, and more to add to what Portia said, I don't know what more I can say. I'm a, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a lawyer technically, but I'm not. <laughs> I, yeah, been watching Grace for what the better part of two decades now, as we all have, which is mm -hmm. startling to realize when I was thinking back to how long this is, uh, like to the age I was when this began right. a little startling because time is a scary thing um, right <laughs> you live in new york right i'm in new york coming to you from new york yes and uh michelle and i are on a text thread with another friend of mine called team curly hair so one thing i will say about michelle is that she has a very gorgeous mane of giant curls on her head <laughs> that is probably my most recognizable feature so it's true it's true okay let's get into it so we start with our thoughts about the season so far personally yeah. i don't know i kind of feel like it's like nothing has happened when i try to recall what's happened there's not much action um i know i had a theory that it's sort of the beginning of the end i still don't know if they're going to make this the last season or have one more my feeling is they'll probably have one more okay all right so have you enjoyed it i'd like it to <laughs> <laughs> i mean 
And as much as I've enjoyed every season of Grey's that's ever been, right? Like I watch it and I wait and I see what happens. I'm not sure I'm loving Meredith splitting her time. Although it also right. feels like it doesn't matter that much because they prepped us for her general absence in season right. 20 because she was in a coma the whole time. And I feel like they're really escalating this relationship with Nick. Again, in a way that just because it's happening in Minnesota and not in Seattle. And it's like, where is she? What's going on? I'm like, okay, let's see where this goes. But I don't f- have any any strong feelings about it if that makes sense what I am enjoying though is Amelia getting happy again and not being very intense and having this flirtation with this new doctor in Minnesota that's the most exciting thing for me but I did see the promo usually I never see promos but I saw the promo for the next episode that will come out in a couple of weeks and I think they're trying to get Link and Joe together now even though the whole thing has been we're best friends forever so that's something that I'm sort of ambivalent about looking forward to (laughs) So far, so good, I guess. You know, we'll see. Because it's the beginning as well. How many episodes has it been? Six. And usually it's 20 episodes. So the action is still kind of rising. Mm, mm, mm. Michelle, your thoughts? Yeah, I I mean, I feel similar to you, Portia, in that it's not high action compared to maybe last season, which was so intense. But I feel Mm. like they're they're kind of restarting is what it feels mm. like to me. Like we're yeah. oh, back in the hospital, it's quote normal times. And there, there's not a lot of a continuation of anything that was happening last semester. So they're like slowly rebuilding again. Is how yeah. it feels to me. Um, That's actually a good point that they, I also feel that they're rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to set a, a new tone. Um, yeah. No, so what about you? Uh, I, um... <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> What's so happening? I actually get, no, you know, when you said rebuilding, I actually felt like, oh, you know, that actually makes sense to me because I've not loved it. It feels a little bit detached from, it feels like not exactly Grey's like for me. I feel a bit like nostalgic, I would say. And and maybe it's because they're also doing that in that they're building a lot of, on the nostalgia of the, you know, early seasons. Yeah. And so it's making me miss the early seasons because I feel like they're not like hitting it. It's just different. I mean, that's, it's not bad enough. I'm not having a negative enough experience to say I'm not liking it, right? Especially once you've been watching for 17 and a half years. What really are you saying you don't like? They've done so much. I enjoyed the beginning. For sure, I will say that my favorite was seeing Addison again. We love that. Even when it first premiered, that was a good time. And I do think it's interesting them sort of bringing up this, like, now it's Meredith establishing her legacy. What's that going to look like? I don't think they're actually going to declare her as like curing Park or anything by the end of the if that's not real in real life right also she doesn't need much more all the Harper Avery's have been won la da 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 yeah I wish they would do more with the interns that's one of my main things again I feel like they kept not the most boring I'm not trying to be rude about them but in terms of remember when they started and this was a new intern class and they had so many mm. interesting we talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago yeah. and so I just feel like we are deep in the attendings life and the older more the OGs or Joe and them's lives and none of their storylines are really like happening so I'm like we need something else <laughs> that's what to, I to feel as well yeah I'm also I feel almost ready for a season finale hear me out which rocks everyone in the way like you know the hospital shooting rocks everyone so that like it feels like something's happening and then we come back and then we hit and we like everyone's picking up the pieces from that because I think maybe the COVID part of it was doing that in season 17 mm. and this doesn't really feel like they're picking up pieces after COVID it just feels like okay cool that's over and now what I still love the show I love Nick so I'm really actually quite excited for the relationship with Meredith I do feel it's a bit fast in the way that you were talking about Porsche it's like uh, this is not really building but I guess like you say she's away from everyone else so it, it can build a bit faster she's also a bit older they don't really need to take things very slow yeah I Amelia and Link I'm confused about but I must say I actually really enjoyed this last episode and I was like what is it that is different about this and then I realized that Winston wasn't in it <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, y'all. You're not a fan. He's boring. 
he's so boring and he shouldn't be. And then they also keep crossing over as well. I think this thing where they're basically a crossover show with Station 19 also mucks thing up a bit if you're just a Grey's Anatomy viewer because they'll introduce this like heavy emotional thing that's happening that you don't have the backstory for, right? I feel it a lot because I don't, do. I have not watched an episode of Station 19. Mm-hmm. But, but I can tell, oh, I'm supposed to be really invested in this, but I don't know who people are. Exactly. Like that was, what was it? Not this recent episode. But was it this recent or the one before? It's one before. It's the one before, right? Where they're like, oh, Miller died. And like the whole, there's a whole chunk of the show that's very much uh, Bailey having feelings, which usually is like, I'm 100% in. And I watched Station 19, so like I, I get it. But I was like, you do not. This just feels like okay, Bailey said about something from someplace. Yeah. I was devastated by the the death, the latest death of the firefighter, though, because the actor is from Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So I do yes. They connected to him. Oh, uh, <laughs> you do. Yes, this is one key thing to know about Michelle. If you ever meet Michelle in real life, number well, number one thing is it's Michelle with one L. Don't forget that. <laughs> and then the second thing is huge Hamilton fan. Yeah, he's a huge <laughs> musical fan in general. So. Oh, yeah, you do love musicals. It's that, true. Yeah. Have you been able to watch any musicals since it's opened up? Uh, I've been to the theater once, not to a musical, to a play, but I, I have tickets for, for some things upcoming. Portia might join me, actually. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. cool. Yeah, it will be my first time going to Broadway. Oh, Broadway's back, baby. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Say Nomsa in Joburg. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't really feel the emotion that... I expected I expression. <laughs> it's just a thing that people say, you know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, well, I mean, it sounds like in general, if I were to conclude, we have, I want to say lackluster, lackluster feelings about this season, but we're kind of hopeful. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. We're hopeful, yeah. yes. I mean, we're also like Grey's lifers, so we're also just Stockholm syndromed in. but the thing is when it's good it is really good and i actually still like this past episode i did they still have good writing like in the voiceovers and in some of the interactions with patients there's still really beautiful stuff going on so let's just see what happens because yeah it is just very very different they're restarting they're trying to go in a different direction they're pretending covid isn't happening anymore even though they made it super central like last year and it's it's new territory for everybody involved for the creators the actors and the viewers because one of the things we didn't discuss and we're not going to get into it because we'll never finish but michelle told me that there was something weird going on with nick and meredith and the way they were filming and when i watch it now i am also convinced that it's all body doubles on either side I was it's really yeah. weird nomsa believes it's not the case okay but michelle i completely 100 percent agree there's no way that they're in the same room because they keep filming it super weird yeah. why can't we just see them both face on i was convinced about this until the la- the latest episode that we've seen at this time where yes. they, they get together intimately yes i so th- then I thought well what is happening now but yes bizarre no i still think that he wasn't there i'm no I will, until i oh, no, but Nomsa, remember the picture you sent me is from the episode before where they're like kissing on the balcony. But this episode where they did um, Thanksgiving, to me, it was even more weird that we couldn't see them more together. Like, again, on the bed, she why is she sitting staring at him on the bed instead of like next to him lying on him? It can be a choice, but I thought mm-hmm. it was weird. And I kept trying to see his face and he wasn't in frame. I still think it's a body double. And we will I think, find out the truth one day. I mean, for those who are confused, we're talking about <laughs> Meredith and Nick and the theory that Michelle posits, which I believed up until this last episode too, Michelle, is that, they're, you know, Ellen Pompeo and Scott Speedman are not actually in the same place forming these scenes together and I did believe it because I did feel the chemistry and all of that was kind of weird up until this Thanksgiving episode I completely agree with you I think that they're in the same place when they're shooting this last episode that that felt like we're in the same hotel room to me Mm -hmm. that scene I agree but if that's the case I need to know why they're making these filming choices in all the other scenes because yeah like there's no way they're together like the the you hardly ever see both of their faces in one shot and when you do exactly 
say, you know, across the table where you can easily film one, you know, the table and the chair and the table and the chair on either side or something. I don't know. It's, yeah, it I does think feel it's a bit screen, of green screen. For sure. Like the, the office locations, the buildings when they're driving, a lot of that is, is quite clearly green screen. Because I also thought when they were in the same hotel room, but again, when they sat at the table and yeah. again, when they started to make out, she would, you'd see her back and she was framing it so you can see his full face. And from the side as well, it wouldn't be her full face in it. And then I was like, well, maybe still. And then when I when she sat up on the bed looking at him being all romantic, I was like, something's weird. I can only see his hand and like his torso. I don't know. We shall find out eventually. Someone from the show needs to let us know what's going on. I mean, know. We need absolutely. To, we need to we use need answers. We need to use the internet. And we, yeah, we, I, we need answers, clearly. Can I just say one last yeah. thing? The reason why I believe they're in the same... I actually think they've been in the same place all along. Not just because of the photo proof that I showed Portia. <laughs> but because... <laughs> I think... Um, I actually just think it's choices. And I think that's what I'm feeling. Is that I maybe I'm not loving the choices they're making with filming and with sound. And I say that because the hospital that they're using for Seattle Grace, it's not the same hospital. Mm. It's no longer Seattle mm. Grace Mercy. It's not the same hospital. And it took me a while to realize that even the elevator is not the same elevator that they've been using yeah. for however many years. It's not the same lobbies. It's not the same place. It, I think it's choices. I think they're making choices that maybe it doesn't feel like what we would re- usually feel. And I, that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you can have it. You can have it. Okay. Let's move swiftly on to the main, um, the meat and potatoes of the show where we'll be talking about all the fantastical, heartbreaking, and just generally quite hectic season finales that they've been. We'll start at the top. So the ending for season one was when Addison just, boom, arrived at the hospital. Michelle, maybe let's let's start with you. Do you remember your reactions? My original reaction, I could not tell you. We were teenagers at this time when this happened in it's true. real time, right? I don't know. I mean, I was glad that Addison is now in modern times back or else, honestly, I'd forgotten about her. So... <laughs> <laughs> This is a good time to revisit because now she's she's back in my mind. But for me, I thought the most, I don't know, what I liked most about that plot point or that finale is what it did for kind of showing Meredith's friendships. I don't know, I was less interested in the love triangle and more mm. the moments when at the end when George comes over like with the umbrella in the parking lot after she yells at Derek. Mm-hmm. And, and then he comes and like, is just like right there for her or... When Christina's like, I'm on her, she wants to take the surgery, I guess, that Addison is offering her. And, and she, but she's very clear to be like, I'm on her side, you know, just so yeah. you know. <laughs> and I don't know. I just, I found that the most compelling parts about sort of what Addison provoked in, in the friendship. Mm, that's interesting. I haven't thought about that. I think we've spoken about this episode before, you know, in the context of Addison and I guess also in the context of, you know, who Derek Shepard is and how he's being portrayed. And I think we haven't really spoken about that part of it. Meredith and the friendships and what that meant and it's it's it was one of those pivotal major character comes into the show in this shocking way she talks about how you must be the woman who's sleeping with my husband and we're all like what Derek is married and he's been you know the whole season up until then he's this mac dreamy you're supposed to be in love with this man you you kind of feel like meredith is the one who's kind of you know flip floppy and whatever but it's Mm -hmm. actually him he's the he's the shady one and it's that major drop of this this character we don't know that's actually going to be quite major yeah, it really was like taking a machete to the fairy tale and then just leaving it. And I know we found out that there was such a huge reaction to her arriving. It was not meant to be the season finale, but because yeah. everyone was like, what? They decided, yeah, let's just leave it here and keep people wanting more. Uh, so I rewatched the episode itself as a reminder, because as Michelle, like you're totally right. Early days of Addison, I don't really remember all the in-between drama and the push and pull. I don't even remember how Derek decided to try again with her. I just know that he did. And one of the things was, oh my gosh, everyone was so young. Um, yeah. I was looking at Meredith because 
because part of me was like, oh, wow, you've really aged. And then I have to remember, yeah, because it's been 20 yes. <laughs> actual years. You know, she's so skinny. And then the thing about this episode, too, is it was really funny because it was also the one where um, George uh, found out that he had syphilis and he was uh, <laughs> sleeping with Nurse Olivia and that he got it from Alex. Alex. And one of the things that I realized was, so he's getting treated and Alex has to give him the, the shot and all the girls come in like while his bum is out. Yeah, like, No one ever respected George's boundaries. And yeah. when I was a teenager, it was really funny. haha. But when I was watching, I was like, yo, can you just leave him? He's gone through so much today. <laughs> Stop. And then also Addison's hair got better over the years. It was really big. When she first arrived, I felt very like, oh my goodness, who is this? Like, she felt like she came out of one of those um, like mid-century novels or something. Like that's how dramatic her hair was. <laughs> and also, um, randomly, Derek had to give Richard surgery. Like he had a tumor that was obstructing his eye. Yes. And it just oh, reminded yeah. me how for so long, like, okay, so this is a show about doctors, obviously, but it's also kind of wild how often the doctors themselves or the people they know require surgery because I was like wait he had a tumor and then he also needed to have that hip replacement and he also you know he's had quite a few medical procedures but yeah it was a good episode overall it was a good finale and was one of those it introduced us to jaw-dropping sort of moments in um, Grey's Anatomy but it wasn't devastating unlike the other ones that were to follow Next, we have all the like death and dying finales. So the first big one was obviously Denny in season two, and then George in season five. And yeah, Denny, I think Denny's death was the start of everyone being like, Shonda does not care about us at all. Yes. She will kill anybody. <laughs> I didn't love Denny, so I'm just going to make it clear to begin with. <laughs> But I've got a reason. The reason I didn't love Denny is because I really wanted Alex and Izzy to be be together. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like he's standing in the way and he's just, he's like a sick man and I'm supposed to like feel sorry for him. And he's supposed to be, he's all charming and whatever, but really she's supposed to be with Alex. So I didn't love it. Well, his death really paved the way for that. So (laughs) you love this finale. (laughs) No, so I, I felt a bit like, nah, look not that I don't have a heart but I felt a bit like uh, but I really loved when you know every okay we had let me say it not in a horrible way but I was gonna say <laughs> when everything fell apart and then Alex picked scooped um Izzy uh, up in the dress off of yeah. Denny and then he and then he um she was just sitting in Alex's arms in the chair and chasing cars was playing I just oh it was a wonderful moment for me I was just gonna say no I'm picturing that scene and everyone's probably watching bawling and you're just fist pumping the air yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious i will say that it was the both the both episodes so to me i consider the season finale like the the two last episodes right the first one is when um izzy is lying to dr burke so that she can go through with her wild plan now i will say her performance when she's trying to convince denny that's the reason she won the emmy for that performance and i was watching it again and i thought like you because i don't really care that much anymore i wouldn't be moved not gonna lie i'm very weak again i was like yeah just let her cut your you know and like objectively that's crazy it actually kind of drives me mad that he, he he was killed that he died because he never should have gotten the heart in the first place yeah. she forced the issues burke got shot as a consequence yes. right the other patient who was supposed to get the heart didn't get the heart my i suppose that he probably may have died as well you know it was just a very frustrating situation that being said it made for like brilliant television like you cannot say that there wasn't action that there wasn't suspense and that it wasn't intense the whole time yeah but just in a a bit of defense the patient the other patient did get a heart later when han came back oh yeah and he came with his family and she was that's when she found out that izzy was the one who sort of stole the heart and it's it's actually i think it was one of the reasons why han left um oh yes 
Yeah, Look it's when you she found out. I was gonna say, amazing. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah, and, and yeah. Then the other thing too that I like was all this intense stuff is going on, right? The heart, st- literally, a heart is involved, like very heart stopping and heart wrenching. And then, meanwhile, they layer on top of that the the sort of lightness came into being with Tessa Thompson's character because you know she's the chief's niece, and then he forces the whole hospital to have this prom. And because of the LVAD, all of the doctors are suspended, and Bailey has put all of them on duty with Tessa's character's friends to plan the prom. It was just there were so many deliciously funny moments. Sweet George was sincerely working the prom, like he was listening to these yes. teenage girls. <laughs> taking notes you know trying to do this and then um eventually they get frustrated and they go to bailey and they're like i can we can't do this they want so many colors we thought maybe you might understand a teenage girl's mind more and then she does her bailey thing and she walks into the room and she's like silver and white okay because no matter what colors are present they pop okay they pop <laughs> she's like you order 500 balloons <laughs> And she just like runs the entire show. And I love that about her. It reminded me of the time. Remember the boy who was encased in cement? Yes. And yes. then everybody finds out that Bailey Loki like knows everything about Star Wars. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and and she's a proper that nerd. Her, that she's like, yeah, she's a proper nerd. And she's just like hyper competent no matter what type of situation she's dispensing information on i also loved um it had the that was the episode with the the panties with meredith's oh, panties that everybody Addison found and put it on the notice board yeah w- was that not it wasn't in the same episode because it uh, was the first season episode it was the of first the next episode season. of the next season because this season ended i mean this episode ended well yes derek and meredith just straight up cheat and poor finn finn was so sweet he's dancing oh, with yes, her being like McFett. i'm now feeling plans because you know he was a widow so he yes. was saying like when your spouse dies you do this thing where you stop making plans and right now looking at you i have plans and then she goes away to the room and cheats on him. Callie catches them. I forgot that little detail. Yes. Um, but it does end on this thing where there's like they do the love triangle thing. Like all it is is like a series of looks between Meredith and Finn and Meredith and Derek and Derek and yep. and Finn looking yeah. at it being like, you know, they're both sort of like, Meredith, are you, you know, are you coming or are you going? Like, what's the deal? I mean, it was almost reminiscent of season one where Addison comes and it's like, Derek, are you, you know, what is this? you know, what's happening between Addison and Meredith. So I actually didn't think about that, but yeah, that's um, a cool callback. Can I ask you, did you guys rewatch this finale? Yeah, I did. I just, I, cause since I rewatched, you know, I know, I knew it was going to happen. So I think I was, you know, not as emotionally affected as I was the first time by this sad finale. So I found myself so focused on right after Denny dies and Izzy's like lying in the bed, like holding him basically. And she does this big, long, very sad, emotional monologue. Mm-hmm. I was just staring at the actor lying, who's lying there who had to play dead the whole time, thinking like, <laughs> what a performance. Like yeah. he has to be so still. He can't like breathe yeah. or blink or, you know, I'm like, how many times do they have to do this? Because I think that is one of the harder acting uh, jobs. <laughs> I know. It's true. I could not agree more. Also because it's definitely him. I remember also looking at, and you know, they've painted you pale and stuff. And I'm like, there's no way this is like a mummy that they've just got and sculpted for hours to look like this actor. No, it was, yeah. I mean, it's a good point. because <laughs> It's just... She's like crying on him and doing this big speech and he's just, yeah, white face, can't move a muscle. Yeah. Like limp. I'd actually love to see the behind the scenes. I wonder if there was any laughing at all during the scene while they were shooting it. Well, if you think about it, I mean, it's, it's, even from that perspective, Michelle, all of them are giving great performances. True. Everyone in the room, because they have to maintain a certain emotional space Mm. artificially. Yeah because the people who have to be super activated in that scene are alex and izzy yes the rest of them bailey christina meredith they they're just looking on true and izzy is holding a dead but alive man while giving that performance so yeah kudos (laughs) (laughs) yeah you see why i love her (laughs) you know what izzy is great 
speaking of Izzy, it leads us well into the George dying episode because it's sort of double. Is Izzy going to die? Is George dying? They're in jeopardy, basically. Their lives hang in the balance. Yeah, Izzy's cancer days were so much. I watched oh. this finale and I was like, oh, I hated these. I absolutely loathed yes. every single one of the... Th- that whole thing was so difficult to put up with. It's actually, you know, Denny's in those episodes. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And you know what was infuriating again? Okay, actually, watching the, the finales back to back, really, as I was saying earlier like it's so annoying that he actually died given all that was compromised because by his death him living might have made it worth all the other drama around it and then she's like wanting to sign a dnr which is obviously making alex lose his mind and she says i didn't understand when denny was asking to be let go and now i do understand and i don't want to be on machines and all that sort of thing and i was and just after watching denny i was like damn it izzy (laughs) after everything What's so funny for me is that this part of it really solidified my disdain for Danny, actually. <laughs> in ghost form. Yeah, because in this, because now finally Alex and Izzy are together, but Danny is back. And yes. it's just, oh my word, can you just let him love me? How frustrating that? for you. No, the oh, line yeah. killed me when he goes, I'm your tumor, you're talking to yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about it. Yes, because they would appear on the beach. She would go to the beach. Oh my gosh. It was so terrible. Yeah, but I, I was sad that George died like that, though. Oh, very sad. I feel like there was something, like, they were trying to, I mean, ha- like you said earlier, Portia, about, you know, they didn't really give George any dignity or, or something. Mm-hmm. You know, there he was always just the, the butt of the jokes and, and everything. So I feel like they were trying to let him, They over. I think they overcompensated. They're like, okay, well, now George is going to be a hero in this yeah. super, like, super masculine way. Like he's going to yeah. save, a, a, either he's going to join the army and be a hero that way, or he's going to save a woman from a bus. Like what a cliche. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They had to like prove in this really like stereotypical way that, it was. The, that he is a man or something. Mm. It was so stereotypical. You're right. He threw himself, even the, the girl who's crying, he threw himself in front of a bus for me. Yeah, they really elevated his status. And this is actually something, this is very much a side note, but I'd love to get your thoughts on the situation. I know Owen Hunt and Teddy used to be in the army and all that and that George was going to the army the military seems very important for them to point out and be like yes to our heroes I mean I suppose it is a community the you know folks who are in the military it's a very specific kind of lifestyle and that but I am surprised how often they like try to fold that in it's one of the ways I actually think Owen Hunt as a character gets flattened like when he's not doing Mm. anything he's like I was a soldier you know it does come up a lot and it's back this season yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, with the all the veterans. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, it's like one of my least favorite aspects of Owen is, well, let me say it like this: uh, this part of Owen, specifically in season eighteen, I'm like, ugh. It's just it feels a bit, um, just that sort of like hero hero complex that he's got right mm-hmm. now of like having to save everyone. It, it's a bit much for me especially as someone who's recovering from disliking Owen, I'm really trying to like him. And they do this. I'm like, but I, but I actually think maybe it's a bit of a people on the front line sort of community. Like mm. you were saying, Porsche, the community with, you know, medics and, um, you know, people who actually go on the front lines and also, I guess, medical doctors who are on the front lines. And I think maybe it's not a story that's told quite as much as yeah. um, we're just talking about soldiers, but, mm-hmm. we're, but you know, doctors who go into war zones and are not trained as soldiers necessarily, but are suppo- are doing a lot of what soldiers are doing and are trying to save people on the front lines. Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe it's just something that's not explored in many other shows. I haven't really yeah. seen it. I mean, else. they definitely have an in. Like, it's definitely a way to make things more complex and interesting is to also have different kinds, because it's surgery at the hospital, obviously, to have different kinds of specializations and different mm. kinds of backgrounds for these doctors, for sure. It's more, I'm, I was thinking of it more in the sense of, I'm surprised that it is presented in your stereotypical sort of like soldiers oh, are right. our heroes, the military is net good, like type oh, right, way. Right. And not, because they get quite critical about a few other things, you know, I mean, they're not, Grace, for all its deepness, is not that deep, if we're honest. Um, So I've just always been surprised that they have had a sort of very obvious, like, 
people who are in the military or here, even from Arizona's perspective, part of right. this whole like um, George, the season of George joining the military and Kelly being like, are you insane? He's not going anywhere. And her telling her story and saying like, I think what he's doing is amazing and awesome. Brave, and that's the yeah. language I use. And it's brave over the whole, they do seem very pro military. Not that that is good or bad per se. Right. I'm just surprised that that is like a position that has been there for so long, actually, when I was um, watching season five's finale. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I think didn't April also go, when she left after they lost um, Samuel, She didn't she go to a war zone as well? I feel like that's what happened. I thought she went to practice like rural medicine or something. She went to a small town. I don't know if it was rural, but it was, it, I, you know what? I'll we look don't it up. Know. I'll let you know. Yeah, no, you... We'll see. But um, yeah, George's death was just very, very, very sad in general. Yeah. Even though they tried Hi, to, to have that moment. Although I don't think it was in the finale. I think in season one, we open with Lexi being like, that's not George. Why does everyone think this is George? Oh, and you yes, have that yes. like brief reprieve where you think, oh, everything's maybe we're okay. And it's like, no, absolutely not. Mm. Funnily enough, in the at the end of uh, Denny's episode when he died, the background medical drama or the big inciting incident was that there had been a shooting at a restaurant. Yes. And while they're doing some scans in the MRI room, Derek goes, can you imagine that? Like, can you imagine you're at work and someone just comes in and shoots you? And so I thought that was so funny to hear when I was like, oh, well, just wait three years, Derek. It's happening now now. (laughs) Hospital shooting season finale. Ugh. I, I was actually afraid I rewatched it, but I I didn't I kind of didn't want to because I remember mm. that it was so intense. I don't know. I mean, speaking of I guess masculinity or perhaps dare I say toxic masculinity that that really seemed to be the theme here. Like that I mean overtly, right? It, when the the shooter is saying to Derek when he confronts him and it's like I'm the man now, mm. you're not the man. It's just this. It felt. I mean, I guess of its time in a way. I was like, this is a little explicit for today's terms, maybe. Mm. But I mean, I guess it's clear that's kind of what was going on. Like this guy needed to feel in control of something that was totally uncontrollable to him and devastating. Yeah. I think I was really, I was interested really in like in April in these, Mm. these, these episodes, I guess it was two episodes. Because at first they, they really like made her this kind of dopey messed up yeah like, it was just out yeah. of control kind of ruining things and not being help. you know so many other people they were showing them as the helpers of the heroes in this horrible situation and she was such a mess mm-hmm. but then, I don't know I just because of that then at the end when she's talking to Meredith and it's like all about Meredith and what's happening for her and how every you know she's losing all these things mm-hmm. she just says Reed was my best friend and Reed was mm-hmm. the first one right yeah yeah that yeah. was, was like and I, I, I don't know that just hit me so like oh yeah she's going like she's going through a lot too this is not, it's not just about you know the world doesn't revolve around Meredith for example yeah right, right. Are going through things and like it really she really seemed justified or you know it was perfectly understandable why April was acting the way she was throughout those episodes yeah I'm really glad you said that because I love April so I love <laughs> that you were able to see <laughs> Nobsa is always angry at me for not being able to see the true essence of like April's perfection. (laughs) I mean, perfection, no, but one day, yes. Okay. I actually also really enjoyed April in this and not just because I'm a super fan, but that scene where she talks about when, when the, the shooter comes and she stands there on the, there on the balcony and she starts telling him about herself. It was fascinating to me that she was able to think so quickly to mm-hmm. tell him something so that he would not, he'd, it'd make it more difficult for him to shoot her. And also, you know, when she's sitting with Meredith, being there knowing that Derek is on the table and, you know, April is in love with Derek, which is, it was horrifying to me that that was happening. But being able to sit with Meredith in oh, that yeah. horrible space and also holding her own grief. Mm-hmm. I agree. That was a, you kind of see April in a, in a different way way than she has been presented throughout the one of my favorite parts was the Mandy Moore elements of it with Miranda Bailey Mm -hmm. and what's the guy's name Charles Charles 
oh my word was I terrified whenever those scenes would come in because you keep thinking what if the shooter comes back or are they gonna make it and it was oh it was it was yeah it was very scary Mm, that was definitely for me like April's almost like the beginning of her phoenix kind of rising because before Mm. then she had been this ultimate underdog who nothing was kind of ever going right for in this time she seems sort of very oh this is it this is the end and you know she leaves afterwards and gets picked up by Owen later Mm. but I definitely think that was the first time that April was sort of a central focus in some capacity and her character was very very good. yeah right? yeah those scenes with Miranda and Charles like like the scene with Miranda when she realizes the elevators aren't working yeah it and the song that was playing it was like some Andrew Bell song it completely yes. just, and the way it was filmed too because they did that thing where they went around her in a circle yeah. to sort of show you how disorienting this was and she's just screaming and she mm-hmm. then falls into acceptance of the fact that this man's gonna die yeah after everything that they had tried it was completely devastating the the shooter himself I have to also give him his props because yeah and I think I've said this in a previous episode it does not matter where else I see this man. I don't like him. Like he, he, <laughs> I don't. It doesn't matter what he appears in. I've seen him in other shows when he's neutral. He's even nice sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, you're a liar. You attacked my friends. I'll never be on your side. It doesn't matter. Did I tell you this? I feel like I might have even spoken about this on the podcast. He was in an episode of This Is Us. Yes, he did. Yeah. And his wife was dying, you know, in like yeah. a COVID ward. And I did not care. I was like, I don't <laughs> Well, he's like, in the parking lot with the yes. Oh my, Toby. I even remember, yeah, with Toby, yeah, with the tchotchkes. Remember, he even gives with the Toby one of the, the little yeah. car things that bobble, bobble heads. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And it was moving, and the whole time I was very conflicted because I don't trust him for nothing at all. <laughs> Watch out for those doctors and nurses if his wife dies. Because this this guy's wife is dying in every show. I know. <laughs> Uh, but then the also the other standout for me for sure was Christina the whole oh, time yeah. because she yeah. was being there for Meredith and then also had to do surgery with a gun to her head which was really yeah. like a lot. <laughs> it was traumatic. Anyone. Have you oh. talked about before? That scene reminds me. There's that the extra who plays the scrub nurse. Uh, oh, Bo- 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 yeah. Have you talked about her before? No, we haven't. We really should talk about her. She she is in every season yeah. of Grey's Anatomy, and I think she. I looked her up because I was like, "What is that normal for?" You know, to I don't yeah. know, but she's an actual like yeah. nurse, registered nurse in real life. Yeah, we did yeah. know that about her that she was a real surgical nurse. Isn't her real name Boki? I think that's I think the character name. I don't know. We'd have to look it up. We definitely need to do an episode about Boki. <laughs> are there and are there other extras she's the only one that i always yeah well because she's the one that they point out i mean nurse olivia was kind of a main stay until they did the layoffs when the hospital was getting closed down Um, and then she got fired except for when she did the cameo when she came back with her son and kept talking shit about alex to joe (laughs) yes (laughs) it's kind of funny the shooting episode, so much happened. So much happened uh, for Arizona and Callie. Oh, yes, because they... Um, weren't they breaking up? They and were then they were stuck together. Because oh, they were broken the, up. The, the child, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, and yes. Then and then they were stuck together. Arizona was like, you know what? I think, whatever. Even if you want 10,000 children, if I'm about to die one day, I'd rather go the distance with you, I guess. Who else? I'm trying to remember. The chief. Oh, yeah, the chief. The chief and his hero performance. Yes. At the end there was really quite something else. Because he was not working because he was off duty because of his alcoholism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he went back into the hospital anyway. Yeah, but it was very, very intense. Every second of that finale was, I couldn't breathe. Yeah. And the music, the way they did it. There was that one song that played throughout and Meredith being all like, the hospital used to be my safe place. I love it here. And then she's like, correction, I loved it here. Mm. Was it not Coldplay? No, 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 it wasn't Coldplay. 
I think there was a, an episode with Coldplay and it was around the time of Viva La Vida. And I think maybe the reason I think it was Coldplay is because the episode was called Death and All His Friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is yeah. one of the Coldplay songs on that album. But yeah, that was a, that for me, I felt the same as you, Michelle, when I, when I was going to watch. And I think I actually spoke, spoke about it on the pod. I was doing it on a Friday afternoon. I was supposed to be working and I just decided, let me watch this episode and all well, the two episodes. And I cried throughout from when he gets into the elevator with Christina <gasps> asking for directions to the chief's office. And I started bawling and I was just in a tense ball the whole time. Mm. because you know exactly what's going to happen and wow it was a big one and I honestly thought that that might be the height of this sort of thing because there'd been some very intense sort of physical traumas perpetuated against folks in the hospital you know even Burke being shot was like another kind of shooting nearby in the episode I did not see the plane crash thing coming at all Mm, I could not I even when it while it was happening I was like are they serious Right now, I like, thought, is they've this a crashed dream? half of the hospital in a, in a plane crash? Like, they've really killed them? What? We've, yeah. we've jumped the shark on that. That, I, yeah. That, that might was, be one of the ones yeah. that I, I'm not, I'm still not fully on board with this having been done. I thought that, that this was maybe a step too far. I'm with you. <laughs> Only because there were so many doctors on that. <laughs> 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 Only because they traumatized half the staff. And because I'm, I mean, I don't know the statistics, but only very, very rarely do people survive plane crashes. I mean, right? Not, not that I'm. Ha- I can judge everything on Grace for how realistic it is, but come on. <laughs> I mean, it's a good point. Um, although I'm like, didn't Travis Barker survive on a plane crash? We know, and I'll survive. Good point. Who's Travis Barker? Oh my gosh, Portia. What do you mean? Wait, no, <laughs> is it is it Travis? Courtney Kardashian's new man? Yes, her former Blink one eighty two. Blink one eighty two, one of the best drummers. You okay, know. okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I remembered, okay. I know Never took I a plane ride again until this year. Recently, you. yeah. Love. Oh dad. I yeah. can't imagine the trauma of surviving a plane crash. It's too much. I would not be able to take a plane again at all. I don't think. Even if it wasn't me on the plane and yeah. it was a loved one. I, I mean, I think of Aaliyah. I don't know how, if I'm her family member, how I'm getting on a plane again or Kobe Bryant's yeah, family. family. Like, how do you yeah. get on a plane like a, or a helicopter or whatever? Well, you know what this thing is? Statistically speaking, private airlines, private flying, private crashes more than commercial. Mm. Yeah. which is what this was on on grace it was the yeah. private plane yeah. crash because they have um, less um it's not that they're regulated yes it's that, like the checks on them happen less and a lot of like even for instance in like kobe's situation this isn't if i remember correctly let me just put a disclaimer and say i haven't like checked the details on this again but my understanding is in the industry because people are just paying money they will ask to be flown even in what would be t- considered uh, unsafe conditions right um where a commercial uh, a public like commercial airline would not do it because the the risk would be too high right. of any losses so they're like oh no we're past but then someone would be like i think i can get past yeah it's not really visible today but we can figure it out it's not a hard path it's a short flight and then they get into trouble that way which i guess was the storyline with this one in that mm. the plane the specific airline they chose will it turns out Owen chose to cut because costs. of all the yeah because of all the cutting costs with Pegasus and all of that it was it had problems in the past so I think that was one of the worst part of parts of this entire storyline for me was where you know Owen so to speak was to blame mm. I didn't actually like that element as much as I didn't like Owen I just felt like okay that's going a bit too far like how do you mm. put that have, on him yeah I it was a bit but I mean speaking of the plane crash itself Mark I'm still not well from that this for me more than Jenny was what confirmed that Shonda never loved that yes it was deeply unnecessary absolutely like he survived and then he died because it was season nine where Mm -hmm. he dies Mm -hmm. and then they do an episode afterwards showing him alive again yes because from the video of the wedding oh my word they They were just really trying to poke at us 
Yeah, did, did that actually horrified. want to leave the show or was that totally so. a plot choice? It was a plot choice because um, Lexi was leaving. So Kyla, Kyla Lee was leaving. And from what I understand, they just didn't know how to keep Mark with Alexi gone like they didn't know how to make a story with without them right. which I I don't completely agree with he could have moved on he had moved on he was dating Julia and also he was fine he was a funny like he had already come onto the show kind of pining for Addison who was married to his best friend he's already been in situations where it's not ideal for him yeah and he, he gets through it he's positive he's funny like why can't we just keep him especially because he's got Sophia he's got a daughter like it's not like he doesn't have anything to live for it's just coming to my mind now is um Callie right and the whole thing is hilarious like he comes over to comfort her because she's crying because of the budget cuts she didn't get a promotion at Seattle Grace she she ends up going to work at Mercy West Mm -hmm. but um she knocks on the door because she hasn't been coming to work and she's like very upset she's like everything's wrong I don't have this I don't have that meanwhile he's hugging her and going there there but checking out the empty apartment (laughs) across the hall yes and then he moves in and Lexi discovers that Callie lives across the, the the room and Callie's too comfortable. Like she gets changed, like strips oh, down yes, and she... wears new clothes. Yeah. She walks right into his shower and Lexi's like, oh, okay, can you just, you know, we need to set some boundaries basically. <laughs> Cause she's like, you're his hot ex sex friend. You know? <laughs> yes. and, you're fine. and then Callie goes to her and she says, he doesn't look at my boobs anymore. <laughs> yeah. As the way of reassuring Lexi. And I was like, this is why we should have kept Mark because you could write this kind of ridiculousness. And so, <laughs> make it endearing. But anyway, that was just a random tidbit. But there's been some crazy finales. Any final thoughts, Michelle? Well, the other, I don't want to be too, that you, you were just having so much fun and now I'm going to say something so serious. I, I don't know, with that episode, the plane crash episode, I, I remember I wrote down kind of Meredith's little line her like narration over it and mm-hmm. it just, like we will be pushed to our breaking point this is our arena how well mm-hmm. we play that's up to us this like doctor mentality surgeon mentality this is as if this was just some regular this is one of the hurdles ha- doctors have to go through like oh, right. <laughs> a near death and actually fatal plane crash and I don't know I just think there was this like glorification of suffering this makes us better people and I was like, no, I don't think you needed that. I don't think oh, <laughs> yeah, my word. for and your personal development. <laughs> right. And that was actually from the chief's speech from the very first episode of Grace oh, Anatomy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I agree with you. That's why I thought that this is one of the finales where for sure it felt like this is definitely a step too far. A little gratuitous. You have, exactly, very gratuitous. That's the exact correct word. Because they have pushed them to the brink already. It did feel like one of those things where they were like, we have to up the ante. And it was like, you really don't. Yeah. Not like, not like this. Because everybody, Lexi died. Derek's hand got damaged. Arizona no longer has a leg. Christina had to like quit surgery for, and by the way, after she had just done surgery, which she mentions in the episode when they're in the woods, like she had just done surgery with like a gun to her head a few years ago, you know, and she, at least she does it. At least she addresses what we were all thinking. And it's like, what kind of cosmic bullshit is this? Like, is it not enough? I think that's why she was like, I've got to go next season. I'm not, (laughs) I can't (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one of my thoughts also just um, is with Christina and where she keeps saying how she can't find her shoe. Mm. And she, it's like this thing, it's the one thing she can focus on. Like they've mm. had this plane crash. She's like looking for her shoe and she's walking with one shoe on. And it's like this weird, like, do you understand what has just happened to you? And she keeps talking about the shoe yeah. and the acting. It was like, it mm. was incredible. And then for her to, when she was telling Mark to actually just get it together and not die. It was Christina in those situations is peak performance. But what it does to her afterwards, which is, I mean, you know, after the shooting, she was broken. And after the plane crash, she was also broken. And you see in the beginning of the next season where she can't, she's not speaking. And she doesn't speak for a very long time. Where Owen is like washing her and she's just like a limp. Yeah. 
exactly and just like what they've done just to christina i forget meredith i mean this is now her sister's dying she doesn't know where um derek is it's just the place where a lot of people that she loves is just die um and to be in this plane crash now but christina for me i wow 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 we missed her we missed her much. but she really did give us all that she could give across the seasons she would be like her and i guess miranda would be my top actors of the show for sure mm-hmm. same yeah yeah well that was fun i hope you all had fun yes thanks for having me on yay thanks for coming michelle you have to come back again when we do like a more upbeat a more upbeat yeah episode. yeah we'll invite you back we were thinking of doing a weddings episode as a way to just keep it light the whole way through um so maybe we'll bring you back for that as me and you both not being in any queue to be married but nomsa being engaged oh yay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah please do come back and share your thoughts with us again thank you in the meantime i'll keep listening yay Yay. okay Okay. well shall we close yeah we shall close okay well let's close with a quote from meredith gray herself when something begins you generally have no idea how it's going to end the house you were going to sell becomes your home the roommates you were forced to take in become your family and the one night stand you were determined to forget becomes the love of your life. We spend our whole lives worrying about the future, planning the future, trying to predict the future, as if figuring it out will somehow cushion the blow. But the f- future is always changing. The future is the whole of our deepest fears and our wildest hopes. But one thing is certain, when it finally reveals itself, the future is never the way we imagined it. Excellent. Yay. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye, Nomsa. Bye, Michelle. Bye. Bye, Michelle. Bye, Porsche. If you want to support the show and help other people find us, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at AssumeItWillBeBrilliantPod. And if you have any queries, questions, or comments, please email us at AssumeItWillBeBrilliant at gmail.com. And remember... Step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant.